Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday Tips for parents of teens here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And today we have our lovely Kim Marshall, and Kim is going to be talking to us about eating difficulties, eating disorders, eating challenges that especially our teenagers have. And uh, I'm gonna leave it to, to Kim to explain all that because you guys know I've got my own side of it that I can talk about. But the reason I bring this amazing guest is so that we can hear their personal and, expert, and, and expertise side of things. So Kim herself struggled with, uh, with eating disorders and uh, you know, thank goodness, we are here to tell you there is hope. And you, right here, you're looking at hope, you know, personified. And I want you to lean in and listen, grasp every bit of information that you can, because it's in our interest that we know what's happening so we can help our young people. For those who don't know me, and by the way, my daughter said to me the other day that I, I no longer introduce myself. I don't know why. <laughs> and I should, because she said, what about people who have never listened to this before? So I'm going to quickly introduce myself, although this is never about me. It's about our guests and the information that you guys can take action on to get your transformation. My name is Angela Karanja. And I am an adolescent psychologist and uh, the founder of Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And I am a parenting teenagers expert. Yeah, here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. So without much further ado, I want to introduce Kim. Kim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I now work with uh, people with eating disorders, mm -hmm. primarily anorexia and bulimia. Um, and I think that's just because that was my experience. I had myself anorexia and bulimia. Um, I started struggling later in life. Um, I was about 31 when I was first diagnosed. And it was absolute hell for me. I, you know, was it, it, it came up so suddenly. Um, it was, I spent a lot of time in denial that I didn't think that there was a problem. I thought everybody else was kind of far too concerned about me, far too worried, poking their nose in and where it didn't belong. And I didn't realize until things had got pretty, pretty ingrained, pretty intense till I'd lost quite a lot of weight. Um, I didn't think that there was an issue because there was a voice in my head telling me that there wasn't an issue. Um, but I went, once I finally realized, I went to the, to the doctors. And I think initially I was given about six, six weeks of, of counseling. I thought, gosh, I don't think that that's going to sort me out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the the counsellor that they chose for me it wasn't particularly a good fit mm -hmm. uh, or whether I wasn't ready at that point but I ended up telling her 
what I felt that she wanted to hear. So I was kind of so worried about her and wanted her to feel like that she did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was that. And then um, I just kind of thought, okay, well, I've just got to kind of get on with it then. Um, mm-hmm. And I went through a sort of time where I was kind of going through uh, stages of anorexia and then of bulimia. Mm-hmm. And I was really struggling again. I went back to my GP. This was kind of like a couple of years later, went back to my GP again. And he said, well, I'm not going to refer you because you got better before. And so you can do it again. And mm-hmm. I was like, when did I get better? Well, when when was that? Because I can't remember ever getting better. And then it was like, ah, you saw me when I was going through a bulimic phase and I'd obviously restored some weight. And so in the doctor's eyes, I had got better. Oh, and, I see. Yeah. And right so, there, actually, right there is one of the beliefs, one of the myths that, that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, so I had to really fight for, to get that help. And then because it's not easy kind of reaching out for help because Mm -hmm. there is a lot of fear Mm -hmm. involved. Um, You know, it's like the whole word recovery used to terrify me because in my eyes, it was kind of like, well, that's just, I just envisaged me being fat and why did I want anybody to help me do that because that was the most terrifying thing for me um but I um you know I kind of I got finally got the got the help I went back to see um another GP and Mm -hmm. and they did refer me but I had a, a long wait and then what do you do you kind of think well, I'm obviously not that bad. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'd be, you know, sort of whisked off somewhere. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of restricted even more because I wanted to be taken seriously. And that mm-hmm. is a common thing. And because, you know, particularly eating disorders, a lot of the, the support that is offered is based on your BMI, which is... Mm-hmm really really wrong infuriates me because eating disorders are mental health illnesses you know um they are a way of like so maybe something in your life or a series of things happen in your life that you feel that you can't cope with or can't control so subconsciously you're like okay you turn to something that you can control external to you And so it's around controlling the food and the weight because you can then start to feel like you have some control of something. And it's a way of avoiding um, the emotions and the pain and and from something that's happened in your life. Nothing to do. I mean, the symptoms are around food and weight. And that's not really what it's about and you need to get to the root cause Mm -hmm. you know to to be able to help somebody really help somebody through this if that makes sense yeah that is so that is so amazing so another thing I heard you say 
Mm-hmm. Is it you you got this later on in life, it manifested later on in life. Mm-hmm. And and most people tend to think that it only happens when they're young to young girls. Mm-hmm. So that, that's another thing I, I want to be t- because I know par- even parents who who are going through such kind of difficulties. And then obviously I know young people who are going. So tell me why we're going to come back to that story because it's such a powerful story, such such a powerful experience. And, uh, and obviously for people to hear what you've gone through and then see where you are, gosh, it's, it's, it's a hope story to be honest. So I want to ask you, in terms of um, over here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers, we are all about asking parents to be intentional, 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 because when you're intentional, you're in the moment, you get to notice what's happening. You're conscious about what's happening, both in yourself and also, especially in your teenagers so what is your view about being intentional and how have you applied that possibly with the people you work with Mm -hmm. yeah so it's I mean there are so many I think there are so many books on kind of well when when I had I've got a 21 year old and a 19 year old now two daughters and you know, I remember kind of like when they were young, there were loads of books on how to potty train, how to mm-hmm. kind of how to feed, how to do this. But there was no real kind of like manual for bringing up children, you know, and and, you know, children are very individual anyway. Mm-hmm. So, And I actually um, learned uh, through through my rec- kind of like my recovery and and through the work on myself I actually um learned uh EFT emotional freedom techniques tapping and through all the theory around how we work and how our body works and how stress impacts us and and unconscious mind and all of this sort of great stuff I gosh I wish I'd have known that years ago particularly kind of like as a as a teenager and Mm -hmm. and when my kids were little I really wish that I had had that knowledge Um, but for me knowing what I know now is such a blessing and kind of like to be able to kind of like work on myself I've got Mm -hmm. um, you know sort of I wasn't a a perfect parent you know just like everybody I was just trying to do my best according Mm -hmm. to what I knew at the time and what resources Mm -hmm. I had etc um but I think you know I have a daughter who gets particularly anxious Mm -hmm. and you know and it's kind of like you know knowing what I know it's like oh come on let's let's do some tapping around this Mm -hmm. and of course it's like you know when she was younger she was quite okay with that but now it's like oh that's not so not cool mom you know and and it was really I was really frustrated so now what I do is if there's ever anything going on that I need to help or I desperately want to help her with I work on myself first you know I work on my own stuff and so I can be a better role model 
for, for my kids. And I can show them that, you know, it's okay not to feel okay all the time. It's okay to feel sad, to feel angry, to feel frustrated, hurt. And, you know, that you can work through these things. They don't have to just sort of sit and stay with you. And it's okay also to ask for help, you know? Um, and it's okay to sort of like talk about feelings and emotions and, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, I think I've learned so, so much through my own work on myself mm. which has enabled me to be a better parent. Oh, how that, how, you know, that is so powerful. That's so intentional. And you mentioned something that I we talk about a lot here about a lot of books, a lot of programs. It's all about doing, doing, do this, do this, do this. And what I like to remind, especially we as parents, we are human beings, mm -hmm. not human doings. The, the most important part of who we should be addressing is we, how we think, how we feel, how we behave, not just doing, and, mo and most of us are very, and, and I put my hand up, I, I am guilty so many times as charged. You're thinking, have you done your bag? Have you done the dishes? Have you done, the it's doing, 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 mm -hmm. and not actually addressing how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you today? In fact, I, I, I say most of our teenagers, especially in the older adolescents when they're out, most of us parents, when the kids are running late, the first thing we ask is, oh, where are you? Oh, what are you doing? Right? Imagine if we shifted that to how are you doing so that they know that you're actually concerned about them. Yeah. You're, not, you're not attempting to troll or trail them where they are, you see? And, and uh, I like your work, that EFT, because I'm very, very conversant. In fact, one of my postgraduate um, research was, was um, uh, assessing the, if, uh, the, efficacy, the efficacy of... Uh, of EFT on young people on on yeah on young people in the UK so wow. it was, yeah for anxiety so and it was really really powerful just a breakthrough it was a breakthrough research actually so I'm very not not only do I know that it works but it's very personal to me because it was something I was involved in for young people. Uh, and, and how good it is for relieving their anxiety. So I want us to, to go onto your onto some of the beliefs that people have about um, bulimia and anorexia. And I want I'd like you to talk about some of them so that if we can burst a couple of them so that we are aware of, of possibly what even to look out for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean. The thing is, like I said, you know, eating disorders are mental health illnesses. They're not really about the, the food and weight. And like you say, anybody can develop an eating disorder. It doesn't discriminate any age, any gender, any race, any sexuality. That's it. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know why I didn't 
develop an eating disorder when I was younger because there's definitely kind of like the the influences there but maybe for some reason I don't know it just didn't didn't happen but there are a lot of sort of stereotypes and I, I'm, I remember myself um, when I was diagnosed with with anorexia and I was kind of like but I can't have this because you know in the media it had been portrayed to me as this kind of skeletal person and I was like that that I don't look like that that's that's not me and I was still eating you know I mean it it might not have been that much but in my head it was kind of like you know I I believed that people with anorexia didn't eat anything at all or maybe like a piece of lettuce or something like that a, a, a day you know I had just the wrong there were a lot of misconceptions about what um, an eating disorder looks like mm-hmm. and you think that that people can tell you know it's like oh some of the the comments about you know people oh you don't look like you've got an eating disorder and the, these can be from doctors and professionals I've mm-hmm. I've heard how can if if eating disorders are a mental health issue how can you tell because actually contrary to popular belief you can have somebody who is diagnosed with anorexia who is of normal weight and may you know and the same with with bulimia they can be underweight you know normal weight overweight it doesn't you know it's it's the behaviors that may be different in every in everybody so there's not it's it's like I'm not keen on on labels and 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 sort of putting people in boxes anyway you know and um but again these are it's around the it's talking about the behaviors Mm -hmm. that that people have whereas that is not the real issue the real issue is what's going on in here the mindset of somebody and, and I want, I just want to jump in there and say the young people I have worked, I have worked with who, who were identified and came to us as, as having um, eating disorders and eating challenges. And that's either too, too much or mm-hmm. too little, mm-hmm. right? And, all, and in the middle of that, doing things that are not normal, that disrupt the digestive system mm-hmm. because, and they, and I mean, of course, because of privacy, there's a lot of things that we, we don't wanna talk about. And also we don't mention them so that other young people don't take on that and then go and do that, right? Mm-hmm. But some of the things that I have heard, I'm like, whoa, but then we go deeper. And like you said, it's a mental health challenge. Do you know, for all of them, it came down to image. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I don't like who I am. And I think this is what's going to, to either make me, that, that's their solution. Mm-hmm. That's, their, that's, their, that's the, the way they know how to. Yeah. And, and obviously we, both of us know that's, that's not necessarily the best way to do it. It's their way for that time because that's the only thing they know. And what we do is especially work on their image. Who are you? Who, who 
are you? And we go deep into who are you? And, and one of the things I have seen in my work, when young people and even us as parents are able to answer that question, who am I? Who am I? And deep down within myself, I believe we are spiritual beings having a, a, a human experience, right? Yeah, and, me too. And, and, um, and, and what does that mean? You know, spirit is perfect, right? Spirit is always seeking to expand. You know, it's, there's so many things we can talk about it doesn't need to compare itself to, to anything. It doesn't need to do anything to be worthy. You and I and all of you guys listening, you are worthy before even you dress up, before you wear your makeup, before you do anything. You are worthy, you belong, and you are valuable because Life would not have formed you in the image that you are if there was no reason for it. Life doesn't work like that. And life is always for, for, for expansion. And it's very important for us to understand that's who I am. Therefore, I don't have to compete with anyone. I don't have to compare myself with anyone. I am enough. Right, And when that image is distorted, this is where we have a lot of mental health problems. Mm -hmm. A lot of mental health problems stem from, I don't know myself, I am fearful, I am not enough because you, 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 you're more concerned about what other people think or, or not appearing is, you know, these, we can go on, but I don't want to, 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 to steal your thunder because I want, I want you to talk about, you know, all these beliefs that we as parents have about, uh, about, um, about Libya, about anorexia, about, in fact, the other day, let me just quick, this is the last thing I'm talking about. I posted up, it was a post, a caption that said, I mean, things like body shaming. Mm -hmm. they, I was asked on media, do you agree with body shaming? And I said, of course not. I don't agree with any kind of shaming. It's cruel to shame someone. Mm -hmm. It's cruel to shame anyone in any shape and form. But this does not justify us not talking about some of unhealthy behaviors that we have about weight. And then I said, let's not forget, while some people carry their weight visibly on their body, there's a lot of us carrying a lot of weight psychologically. And we need to be aware of that. We don't see that. You you or I may not be able to, many people may not be able to see the kind of weight. For example, if you're carrying guilt, shame, anger, that's weight, psychological weight, right? So I'm gonna leave this to you, Kim. So you speak to us about, um, about the beliefs surrounding, surrounding uh, these eating disorders and how as parents we can identify those and how we can deal with it, how we can mitigate it, 
what kind of language we can use to, to help our young people shift their minds about this, that will be really helpful. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, the behaviors, you're right in terms of, so there's a lot of pressure in society today, particularly um, on, you know, on, on all, on all genders mm -hmm. and to look a certain way. And, and so obviously, and it seems to be getting younger and younger now that the sort of, you know, people are feeling the pressure to look mm -hmm. a certain way. And they think that that's the answer. And I remember being very small, thinking that that would make me happy. Mm -hmm. And it just definitely didn't. And so what, and you're right in that, you know, people compare and like, oh, I want to look like that. I wish I looked like that. Mm -hmm. And it's very much like, I know what you're saying about that identity. Who am I? What is my purpose in life? You know, what are my values? And I think that if you can shift that sort of like to, we often look for validation externally from, from other people. Mm -hmm. And if you can get that for yourself, you know, if, <laughs> absolutely. If you can get that for yourself, if you can say, like, I am good enough, mm -hmm. I am worthy, yeah. um, I deserve my place in this on this earth, yes. then everybody else is just like noise, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just like, and and that's what I try to get people too and that's where I got to myself you know I didn't need that kind of like validation and now it's like you know I don't I always had a an issue with body image and it's not like I kind of like pose in front of a mirror now and thinking oh damn woman you look great but the thing is, is that <laughs> Well, so some days, some days. Um, but it's like my body is is more now it's not about kind of particularly what it looks like it's like my body is amazing for what it does you know if I kind of if I kind of like knock myself and I'm bleeding then it kind of it it heals if I break a bone it heals you know I've carried two children and and you know it's like I'm breathing right now and I'm not even thinking about it there's blood pumping around my body I I can do so many things you know and that's amazing and yet we don't even can think about that I love you so much because <laughs> you mentioned something I say all the time and I say even before you get up even whilst you're sleeping imagine the biological functions that are happening in your body mm -hmm. you're amazing you're amazing and like you said you have a cut and the you know everything all the cells are racing to make sure that we want to cover this we you know they're rooting for you absolutely yeah oh my this is this is so amazing and it's good that you reminded me that in fact last week i mentioned to a group of, of parents and, and their kids about you know in about 1999 science we discovered uh there is a code in every cell 
of, of a human being. And we've got about 50 trillion cells, right? Mm -hmm. And on each of those cells, there is a code that says, it's a five-letter five code, and it says, God eternal within my body. Do you know how in chemistry we have, for example, H means hydrogen and O means oxygen. So that's, that's the code. And it's in every part, every cell of our body. That's about 50 trillion of them. How unique are you that, that, that the, the, your maker, life, stamp you as a masterpiece come on guys we we the, if if you if you have no reason to feel good about yourself that is something to feel about yourself to feel good about yourself and also to remind your kids you are unique you don't have to have this this kind you don't have to have anything in fact you don't have to have anything so i am so glad you mentioned that came i am so so glad we are on the same you know i'm feeling high <laughs> <laughs> good good but i think as well sort of like for for parents it's really good to talk positively about our body as well i mean i remember i was at one of my daughter's parties this was years ago it was probably mm -hmm. like a seven-year-old's birthday party mm -hmm. and and I went and there was this little girl and she literally sort of like pulled up her top, exposed her tummy, the flat tummy, and <laughs> said, gosh, I'm so fat. And I was like, OK, so that didn't come from her, but it obviously came from somebody very close to her. And she picked up that language and she was and she was mimicking what she saw around us because you know i you know as as children you know particularly from sort of you know up until seven years old we're like sponges mm -hmm. nothing things don't necessarily need to be said we pick up on everything going on around us and we learn so much from our parents from our teachers from kind of you know kind of uh tv and advertising and all these things and you know, and we'll tend to take on those those negatives and we'll take them on as our own. And then we will form beliefs about ourselves based on that. And that's where the I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, um, I'm stupid, I'm fat and ugly, all of these kind of, you know, self-beliefs um, kind of come from. So, um, so they're yes. They're self-defeating, so you know, they're self-defeating, you're not... They are not advancing you. They, they are not true. No, not true because that's not that's not the person life made you to be. You no. you are you are a masterpiece, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But unfortunately, in schools, nobody teaches us that. You know, we we kind of learn to read and write and do mm -hmm. do all these things, but nobody kind of teaches us about about life about handling our emotions in i mean fact, as you say that it's so bad sometimes it's so bad that when you have on the other side a kid saying that i am wealthy i am beautiful you are then labeled as a braggart mm -hmm. and you're thinking no mm -hmm. the, the kid 
I am beautiful. You know, I I often have my daughter, she's she's a teenager, she often has uh, some kids that come for sleepovers and that. And then the first thing I say to them in the morning, very, very intentional. Daughter knows that and she's 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 used to it now. She knows she doesn't really go out of her way to do anything actually. She she looks after herself, but she she won't go really, you know. She, it's how other people view her. It really is no longer, uh, it's not an issue. But anyway, when she's got girls sleep over and one of the things I say to them first thing in the morning, like, oh, hi, gorgeous. Yeah. And I, each one of them, I tell them how beautiful they are. And those who haven't been here before, they get very, they're like, you know, you can see the discomfort because they're thinking, how, how can I be beautiful? I don't even have my makeup. And then we, we have those conversations about, about who you are, about your inner beauty. In, the other day I posted something about, especially our girls, it's about, it's not just our face beauty. Let's work on our brain beauty because how we think about who we are really determines our, our mental wellness. And I like what you're saying about really getting a hold of ourselves and, and really let's get to praising ourselves, you know? Let, let's be our first cheerleaders and normalize that. It's not bragging. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, I heard... I heard a saying about, you know, we are with ourselves 24 seven more than anybody else. And so it's really important to be our own best friend. And that's so important, so important. And, and I like what you say there, but there's, there's a difference. Between, I always think there's, there's three things. There's sort of like, there's always a difference between cockiness and confidence. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And there's, <laughs> There's a difference between assertiveness and arrogance. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, and the other one, there is a difference between being kind and people pleasing. Absolutely. So, and I think, you know, having those conversations with your with your children and your young ones is is really important, you know, because, yeah, it's it's good, you know, it's particularly to be kind, but that also includes being kind to yourself. Very good, very, very good. Being kind and compassionate to ourselves. It's really, even the, the let me just, I think my, hold on, my, <laughs> just a quick, sorry guys, my, there we go. It's just my computer, something was, was disconnecting, but I've, I've done it, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I love, I love your distinctions of cockiness and confidence. It is possible to be confident without cockiness, without being cocky. It's it's knowing who I am mm -hmm. without violating the rights of others. Absolutely. Right? I can, you know, it's the, what, what you said reminds me of the sun and the moon, mm -hmm. right? Each in its glamorness. You never hear them colliding. You never hear them co competing. You never hear them comparing. Mm -hmm. 
And look what they do for us. During the day, the sun gives us all the light, all the light. And then during the night, the moon gives us the most magnificent beauty up in the air. We can, we can learn from nature. You can shine. Absolutely. You can shine without violating the rights of others. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is that if you are confident and somebody is not taking it too well, then that's for their issue and mm -hmm. that's for them to work on and nothing to do with you. Absolutely. And I, I love that. I love that. And, and we can compassionately communicate that. And mm. if you're feeling uncomfortable in my presence, right, what, what explore, why are you feeling uncomfortable? Yeah. Why are you, I'm not taking, you know, it's like air. If I breathe, if I breathe, I'm not taking anything from you, right? Mm -hmm. or, or if I'm well, I'm not taking your wellness away. It's, uh, unfortunately, there is this concept people, a lot of people don't understand the, because of uh, the universe is lavish. Mm -hmm. I believe the universe is lavish. I, if I'm happy, it doesn't, I'm not taking some of your happiness. We both can be extremely happy, right? Yeah. And, and if you're healthy, I can be extremely healthy and you're also extremely healthy. So I think each one of us, and I liked what you said from the beginning about working on self mm -hmm. working on self is a very is, is a very uh you know a, a very powerful concept i just want to ask you kim right you know how i remember you said about uh going to the gp and then now i want to hear those moments of transformation you know i want to hear that and i want to hear that hope because I know loads of people are here because they really wanted to hear that. They, it's, it's, there's nothing. For example, in psychology, we say uh, experience mm -hmm. is the best evidence, mm -hmm. right? And so hearing your journey, hearing you crossing the bridge and knowing that it can be done, that's just, you know, it's, it's just about, it's like music to our ears here. So I want to hear that and what you did with yourself and what processes, you know, like, I don't know whether you did affirmations or you did the, the EFT. I, I, tell us, help us learn what you did. So, yeah, so basically um, I was at a stage before well, I was on this waiting list um, to, to get help. Mm -hmm. I was, it was like I was at the bottom of a deep, dark well. There was like no chink of light shining through. And it just felt that every time I tried to sort of get out of this well, I'd sort of fall down and, and hurt myself. Um, and although I felt very alone, very scared in this well, there was kind of like a part of me that felt safe in there as well. And like, I didn't know who I would be if, you know, on the outside, I would have felt very vulnerable. There's it, the reason why it's so difficult to recover 
is that there are a lot of fears around recovery and a lot of beliefs and a lot of mindset work that needs to be done. There's a lot of barriers mm-hmm. um, that I needed to work through. I, yeah, I, I was in a really dark place mm-hmm. and I ended up, I got my assessment and within a few days I was in residential eating disorder center. And although I was there for about four months, and although I had, I suppose, restored some weight, I had relearned to to eat again. When I came out, that voice in my head was still very much like, right, now you can go back, you can lose the weight, you can go back to old behaviors. And I had to keep saying to myself every day, for several times a day it didn't make me happy it didn't make me happy because I didn't want to go back I didn't want to 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 sort of be where I was Mm. and luckily soon after that I found EFT emotional freedom techniques Mm. and that was the thing that really helped me deal with my stuff you know, the stuff that I really needed to work on, the mm-hmm. the root causes, because it was uh, the end of my marriage, which triggered my the eating disorder, all the emotions that I bottled up because I'd not learned as a child to how to express my emotions, how to talk about them, how to kind of feel them, how to work through them. Um, I just kind of like totally avoided and bottled bottled them up. Mm-hmm. Um, I dealt with my uh, relationship with food. I was always known as sort of like the picky eater and and things when I was when I was little. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, kind of like remember being made to sit at mm-hmm. the table to kind of like finish what was on my plate. Um, and you know, and that developed my. I had sort of like that that association between food and punishment and guilt mm-hmm. after, after that. So, and also kind of like working through my unmet needs. Mm-hmm. You know, what is kind of like restriction, or then, um, you know, sort of like from the bulimia side kind of what is food actually giving me what need is it is it kind of meeting and I think you know going back to what you're saying about body shaming I've worked with people with um, binge eating disorders and you know and again it's that and we were saying this earlier about the the government and their strategies to try and end the obesity kind of like Mm -hmm. crisis And it just makes me want to pull my hair out because, you know, these things aren't dealing with the real reason. Mm -hmm. Nobody wakes up and thinks, oh, right, I'm going to I'm going to use food or I'm going to use restriction or I'm going to use this strategy to help me in life. And this goes the same with alcohol and drug Mm -hmm. addictions, etc. You know, I've I've worked with clients, like I said, with binge eating disorder and a lot of the time there's been some sexual abuse there so it's kind of like as a as a child and so the the child has then sort of you know kind of like I said about the beliefs that we kind of make they had a belief that if I'm big nobody will come near me and now how is putting calories on 
menus and kind of introducing sort of like gym free gym memberships how's that really going to help with those core issues um you know and i had sort of like other clients who have been absolutely tortured by grief mm -hmm. and they again want to avoid or kind of you know sort of bottle that up kind of shove it down and they are comfort eating overeating and comfort eating they want to shove that down they don't they don't want to feel the the grief it's too mm -hmm. painful mm -hmm. they don't know how to work through that um and so again these it's it's working through the real reasons for what's behind the eating disorder what you know the reasons why we develop an eating disorder in the first place that's what needs to be addressed in order to move forward with this it's not just about you know for somebody with anorexia it's not just about restoring the weight yes no. it's 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 important from a physical point of view mm. as as in the same from a a binge eating point of view you know kind of like from a physical health point of view mm -hmm. but like you say about that mental health we carry all of that and we carry the the energy all that kind of fear that guilt that mm -hmm. shame in our body anyway that is weighing us down and so we need to let go of let go of that too and it's so important and that's why I, I always say a lot of a lot of um, even even a lot of physical diseases really are, are what we call psychosomatic. Oh, absolutely. They, they they originate from our our its mental and psychological problems. So I want you to to, to speak to us about this EFT because some of you guys have heard me talk about the emotional freedom technique where where you you know you tap our bodies we have certain meridians and i, I want him to speak about that speak to that for for us who've never possibly ever heard of it and for those who've heard it hang in there because everyone explains it in a different way and just like me even though i know what it is learning learning repetition is the first law of learning so when someone says it in a different way and another says it in a different way that's how we learn and assimilate this information Kim tell us how does EFT work to to regularize our emotions our trapped emotions mm -hmm. yeah so I would say you know imagine that uh, you weren't a fan of public speaking and you were asked uh, maybe through your work or, or whatever you were asked to give a speech in front of say 100 people 200 people the chances are a lot of people well, they would start to have you know even at the thought of it they'd have a racing heart sweaty palms you know they'd sort of maybe throat go dry stomach would start churning and we call that uh, negative energy in our body and the emotion attached to that might be absolute anxiety mm. and so we have this negative energy and what what we do is we tap on what you rightly called as the meridian energy points similar to acupuncture points but um, we don't use needles we just do the tap mm. and what we're doing is we're just um 
tapping on these meridian energy points whilst focusing on the emotion that we're feeling on what's going on in our body and just and it just helps let go of that negative energy within our body and the only way that I can describe the effects of it is not only does it kind of help you feel more kind of calm and relaxed um, but if you're work you can also you can work on sort of like your present uh, emotions but also you can work on sort of like past things. So how, you know, when you, you still have that kind of association. So if something has happened in your past that you are still bothered by, you still hold some charge for you. Mm -hmm. When you think back to that, you feel that, that kind of energy in your body. And again, you can tap on that. And what happens is you kind of become more calm and relaxed. And it's like, Imagine there's a really intense uh, memory that you're that you have got, and when you first sort of start thinking about it and you describing it, it's like it's here, and you can and you can think of it so clearly. But after the tapping, it's like it's kind of quite distant and it's blurry. Mm. You can still remember mm-hmm. what happened, but the impact on you is just totally different, and it's almost like. Um, imagine that you you know you go through life and you've got these sort of suitcases and you're kind of carrying all this kind of like emotional baggage within Mm -hmm. these suitcases and by doing this tapping it's like you're able to just gradually let go Mm -hmm. a bit bit out of this suitcases and then sort of like to get you to a point where you feel free and so Mm -hmm. kind of like more lighter um, in, in your life so um so yeah that's kind of like how how I describe it and I I, the thing I love about EFT is that it's so simple to learn it's so powerful Mm. there's lots of different you can get really creative with it um you know you don't have to kind of go back and and kind of relive all the trauma and stuff in order to work it through Mm. you know and and also you know so it's simple to learn it's really really powerful um and also you can learn it as a self-help technique so even if you are working with a practitioner on come some intense stuff um you can use it for yourself in between your sessions so on kind of like everyday things and how you're feeling etc i just i just just love it it's, it's very I, I know it's very powerful from, from a very personal level as well as obviously a very professional level the research level I know it's it's a very powerful process and and what it does is it actually it, it's like imagine I want you to imagine that you have a, a computer and then you have a software so what what the software really is what runs it, it runs behind you know the, the 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 computer so what eft does because it's a very it, it interrupts the, the 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 think about your thoughts because all your experiences are stored in your body in your brain and body and that's why we have memories that 
that reminds, it's like you're relieving again. When you smell something, you're like, oh, damn, I remember exactly what happened at that time. And like he was saying, what EFT does, it doesn't mean you'll not remember, but the energetic control, the energetic hold, you know, it's like, no, you know, it's honestly, it's this, this giant that was controlling you, it, it becomes, it like, it becomes such a small thing, it no longer has control. It's not to say that it never happened, but the painful memory is eliminated. It's a very, I think it's, you guys should contact Kim and Kim, tell us where our listeners, our parents can find you for, for, for help with all this. And before you share with us three self-care activities that they can do. So first of all, tell us where we can all find you. So I'm on, uh, my website is www.kissgoodbyetoanna.com and kiss goodbye to Anna is all one word and Anna is A-N-A. But I'm also on uh, Facebook, I have a Facebook page and that's kiss goodbye to Anna as well. So that's kind of mainly where I, I hang out. Nice. And uh, the self-care activities, I... Yeah, definitely uh, EFT tapping. That would, that would be my number one. Um, but also, I like to do uh, morning pages journaling. I find that really, you know, when you've got uh, sort of all these kind of this mental stuff going on in your head, all these thoughts and that, that sometimes are very conflicting as well, uh, that are kind of like fighting for your attention. I find morning pages. So that's just kind of like basically journaling, free writing, whatever is going on in, in your head, just a way of kind of like getting it out of your head and uh, out of your body. And um, well, I don't know whether I can restrict it to, to three actually, because I, I would say my, my other ones would be um, meditation, walking and dancing. Mm -hmm. I, yeah I love uh walking getting out in the in the fresh air just to sort of like a gentle stroll just get out and sort of get into nature I think that can be really really helpful um yeah and dancing I loved you know the power of music and and it's funny what you said there about you know how a smell can sort of take you back somewhere I think a song and a, a piece of music can also sort of take you back and I think you know the the power of a playlist is uh it is great so uh yeah a meditation I love meditating as well oh you guys do you hear that Definitely, definitely grab a hold of Kim and learn more about EFT. I promise you it's a very simple technique. And actually, we as a family have used it here to eliminate a lot of all sorts of stuff, including daughter used to be really afraid of, of spiders. She mm -hmm. could not even come into a room where, but now she still doesn't like them. But she is not, she, she's not paralyzed in the presence of them, right? Yeah. So that, that's the power of this. And I know 
many young people, especially because I deal with them, especially when it's during exam time, they get paralyzed and, you know, and, and this, this practice is so simple. Kids or even yourself can go into the bathroom for five minutes mm -hmm. and just do that for yourself. It's a very personal thing. People don't even need to know that you're doing it. So grab a hold of Kim and learn that process. It's powerful, I promise you. I use it. I wouldn't be saying it's powerful if I didn't know it was. And then think about journaling and also meditation is it also some of the some of the tips that Kim has shared with us today. And as you all know, guys, we talk about taking action on the information that we have shared so you can get your transformation. So today I want to ask you, what action will you take? It, you don't have to do everything, just one thing. I mean, I know what I'm gonna be doing a little bit more of from just what we've learned today. So think about what action will I take? And that could even be contacting Kim at Keith Anna Goodbye, is it? Keith, no, Keith. Keith goodbye, goodbye to Anna. Keith Goodbye to Anna, and Anna is ANA for That's anorexia, right? right? Mm -hmm. So Keith Goodbye to Anna. That, that could be your action. Whatever you do, don't just be, let this not be, oh, that was good. That's good information. Do something with it. Because we all know, you know, even faith without action is, is almost, is useless to be honest. So let's do something. And I am so, so grateful to you, Kim, for today. I am, I, I am asking everyone, everyone, please grab a hold of Kim. You know where to find her. That's kissgoodbyetoanna.com. She's on social media as well. That's where I found a founder. Really great information. So I am so, so grateful. So, so grateful. And if you've got any last minute thoughts for our viewers and our listeners today, Kim, shout it out. It's it's really, really, it, when your loved one has an eating disorder, it is really difficult. It's a, it, it doesn't just affect the one person, it mm -hmm. affects the whole family. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for you to take time for self-care for yourself, get your own support, particularly if your loved one is in that place of denial, like I mentioned before, and is not kind of like, is, is reluctant to get help. Really sort of get your own support around, around that and deal with your own feelings and your own frustrations, your own worries don't make your conversations all about behaviors mm -hmm. talk about emotions and normalizing the emotions but also you know if you're trying to support somebody you know it's it's not just about the eating disorder make sure you have some normal activities in there so have some fun in there as well when you can bring that and also kind of have 
have your own time and you know if you have kind of say one you know if you have kind of multiple children and and you're you know kind of like a mother to to to, to other children and you're a wife or, or a husband then you know you have other relationships as well and yes it is a concern and it's a real worry but you know avoid going into that rescuing situation mm -hmm. you know and and allow yourself to take some time out to sort of like enjoy these other roles and 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 you know have those as well um yeah oh wow thank you so much kim for the love that you've shared with us thank and you I'm so much for having me <laughs> i'm so so grateful thank you everyone for turning up and tuning up and showing up for this edition of tuesday tips for parents of teens here at raising remarkable teenagers and we look forward to seeing you and meeting you in our next episode. But for now, we're going to say bye-bye. Remember to take action on that information so you can get that transformation. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye now.